Well, good Sunday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. This is episode 90, uh, which is shocking. We're going to have to do something special for the 100th. I, I don't know. I'll start working on it. Um, maybe, maybe I can like get all like all my audience members to send in a voice message or something. I don't know, but I hope everybody had a great week. Um, again, you know, I didn't brought, I didn't podcast last week. I did do a, a short one on Wednesday of this week, midweek madness that got into the NCAA brackets. And I hope you didn't listen to me because you would have already been down two final four teams. Which we'll get we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show today. We got a lot to cover. Uh, we'll talk about kind of what I did for spring break, and then we'll jump into the Texas Tech basketball coaching search slash situation. We'll talk Tech baseball. We'll finish up with some NCAA tournament thoughts, and then we will finish up with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So. Um, like I said, uh, this was my spring break this week. Uh, we're going back to school. 48 more days, by the way, those of you counting. Um, that's how we have left till summer. Um, but got to go b- back out to this year, second year in a row, to the Savannah area. And spent a lot of time this this trip in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Really enjoyed that area. A uh, couple of observations. Yeah, negative observations. Number one. They have a lot of roundabouts, and let me tell you, not a fan. I am not a fan of roundabouts. I I was getting confused the whole time. Number two, um, and this is something you need to understand if you go to Hilton Head, they have a very strict sign uh, ordinance, and so finding places of business, you you got to rely on the GPS. But you gotta you gotta take it slow and and find because even their street signs were really small. Um, you know, I went to last ooh, excuse me last Monday. I went to um, Publix, it's a grocery store, famous for Jameis Winston stealing crab legs from. But <laughs> uh, went to went there to get some groceries, and you cannot see it from the road, the main street. Yeah, I mean the trees. There's trees everywhere, and then you got once you pull in, you can kind of eventually see the see the building. But really enjoyed it. Um, got to eat at the Salty Dog Cafe on Monday. Got I had a lobster grilled cheese sandwich. It was yummy, yummy. Got got some gator bites. I got to have some alligator, and got to sit you know and they're right there out in the water. It was really nice. It was really nice. Uh, Nice trip overall, and no plane troubles this go around. Uh, I don't know if you remember if you are a longtime listener of the Chris Carpenter Show podcast. Last year had issues with the plane, had mechanical issues, had to stay an extra night, and then had to co- come back to the West Texas area through Baltimore, which yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> so, But all, all in all, a really good trip. Uh, got to see my brother, got to see my cousin Kathy. Shout out to them. And yeah, just really good relaxing trip to get away for spring break and and kind of get ready for these last 48 days of the school year. So obviously lots has happened since I last broadcasted my last major podcast. I ended up, you know, 
doing a sorry I'm my phone's being weird so the last the last uh, podcast I ended up um, was right after the announcement was made about Mark Adams being suspended and yeah um, you know I had some comments on it I I stand by my comments by the way and you know I got I got flamed on Twitter because they, they were saying I was defending Mark Adams' his character, defending a racist, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to say a couple of things about the Mark Adams end of this story just to put a bow on it because uh, Wednesday of that week, right after the Texas Tech loss to West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament, uh, Mark Adams steps, steps down. Um, I think that was probably the best resolution to this story. Um, I, I, st- I still believe Mark Adams deserved to be paid um, at least part of his contract, and he is getting a part of his contract, $4.1 million to be exact. I think that's appropriate. I, d- I do not think this was a situation where Mark Adams should be fired for cause. Um, I get it. it. It clearly, at the end of the day, it fell apart um, with Mark Adams being the head coach of Texas Tech. And, you know, we can debate – reasons why blah 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 I don't want to get into it um, the personal life aspect with Mark Adams I'm still going to continue to steer clear of um, for for really two reasons number one there's not really proof beyond people talking about it on Twitter um, but you know number two I, I still firmly believe that Mark Adams, um, that well, not just Mark Adams, but anybody with the personal life stuff. Personal life stays personal, and you know we can debate was it affecting his job or not. Again, we don't know. It's a lot of that is Twitter hearsay. Um, so that that's that's kind of my deal with with that situation. Um, I said this on Twitter. I think I said this in the last episode. I wish Mark Adams the best. I think things got really nasty really quickly between members of the fan base, members of the radio media and Mark Adams. And I hate that. I really do hate that because, you know, this is the same Mark Adams that we went to the Sweet 16 last year. Mark Adams was on the staff that went to the Elite Eight, that went to the national championship game. And, you know, I hope I hope there comes a day where he is able to be honored um, for his accomplishments at Texas Tech, and there is some sort of, you know, I don't want to say reconciliation because I don't necessarily think that a reconciliation is needed. I think the fact that he stepped down, probably the best um, scenario, but, you know, something where we can honor his time at Texas Tech. Um, so, that, that, but anyway, that's, that's kind of the bow I want to put on the whole Mark Adams aspect to this story. Um, Let's talk coaching candidates because that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, We have a search committee that was formed. It's going to be Kirby Hocutt, uh, Dustin Womble. And I want to say something, too, about the Dustin Womble aspect to the story. There has been a lot of Twitter Twitter chatter about, well, you know, Dustin Womble forced Mark Adams out. Dustin Womble's this bad guy, blah, 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 blah. A couple of things. Number one, this is college college sports. And in big boy college sports – you're going to have people with a lot of money have a lot of say. That's just bottom line. 
And if you want to throw Dustin Womble under the bus and throw him overboard, then go. let's go ahead and tear down the Womble uh, practice facility. Let's go ahead and not build the Womble, the locker room, the brand new Texas Tech football facility that we're building and all of the stuff we're doing with the South End Zone. Because that's Womble money that's paying for that. So if you want to throw Womble overboard, let's tear all that down. We don't want anything to do with him then. That's what you're saying. So um, again, I don't, I don't blame Womble. I don't blame any of the other boosters um, if they were frustrated with Mark Adams. I'm not a fan, and I don't, I'm not blaming this on Dustin Womble because I don't know the specific names, but I know that there were some donors uh, talking on a – it was a behind-the-paywall message board service. Not a fan of that. I think if you have an issue, come out and say it. Um, not behind a paywall. So, again, I'm not laying that at the feet of Womble. Anyway, back to the search committee. So we got Kirby Hoka, We got Dustin Womble. We've got Joey McGuire. I do like that idea of having Joey McGuire on this committee because I think he has done a really solid job of building up. This is what the Texas Tech brand should be. And he is, I mean, he has had so much success. And I'm not just talking wins and losses. Yeah, he's had success in wins and losses in his first football season, but just building up um, the Texas Tech football program and making it a, a brand that fans want to be a part of and i mean you go back listen to my earlier earlier podcasts pre joey mcguire days it was a struggle to get fans excited about texas tech football and and joey mcguire has done a great job of doing that and i think he will be a really good voice in the room to determine are we uh, are we as a texas tech athletics department are we hiring somebody that is going to be good at building the brand that is Texas Tech. Um, and then finally, you got Norris Odiase, which that I'm really pumped about him being on the committee. I would love to get him on staff. Now, I know he is a, he's a professional player right now. He's playing in the G League uh, for the Texas Legends, I think they're called. But I think the minute that he retires from active basketball playing, Kirby Hocutt needs to make a phone call and get this guy on in the athletic department. He is someone, he's very well-spoken. Um, he is someone that I think recognizes the power of having a good culture. Um, you can lay at the feet the Elite Eight and the certainly the national championship game run at Noren Sodiase. He stepped up and he was the locker room leader that those teams needed to make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. And I, I would love to have him um, continue to be a Texas Tech ambassador, which he is right now, but I would love to someday down the line have him be a part of this Texas Tech athletic department because I think he could be an asset not only in basketball but in the other sports in the athletic department. I just I really think highly of him, and I'm really glad that he is on the committee um, for this for this coaching search, so we are basically in week. We're about to enter. We're about to enter and finish up week two of this coaching search, entering week three. I think this is a good thing. We have not had a coach hired yet because I think there is a very strong possibility that the coach that is being hired is in the NCAA tournament and could be continuing in the NCAA tournament. Um, 
So let's talk coaching candidates, ones that I've heard. I'll just kind of give you my overall opinions on them right now. And, you know, probably maybe next week we'll have a little bit more clarification. Maybe coaches will have turned down or whoever. Um, So let's start with coaches from the non-power five um, conferences. And I want to start with uh, I want to start with Ben McCollum first. He is a Division two coach for the. Let me look up. I want to make sure I get the right name of the school. It's a school in Missouri. Honestly, it's Chris Carver show. All right, I got it. Um, he is a head coach at Northwest Missouri State, and they have won. Basically, I think they've now won. Is it two or three Division two championships? In a row, and and so that has been something. He has been a candidate. I don't I don't know if he's an official candidate on the search committee, but that's a candidate that there's been a lot of chatter about um, in the you know social media sphere. I'm intrigued by him because this is someone that he is he's proven he's he can win on the Division Two level. Um, you know, the question is, can you translate? that success division one and some coaches have um you know go back and look at jim calhoun at yukon he started in the division two level translate division one i think the big challenge for uh, mccollum would be obviously he's coming into the big 12 i think he would need to surround himself with some some assistant coaches that have that division one experience um but I, 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 i i'm intrigued by him I would definitely put him as as, as someone, um, a candidate that I talk to and 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 see you know if if he's interested and he may not be interested you know maybe he maybe he has his dream job at Northwest Missouri State and he knows hey I got a great thing going here um, you know why sorry about that folks uh, welcome back I hit the wrong button and got all twisted and. Anyway, I was going to finish my thoughts on Ben McCollum. Um, again, I would put him as someone I'd want to talk to, and I, and I am intrigued by his candidacy, um, certainly. Now, I want to talk about Paul Mills at Oral Roberts next. Uh, he has been a name that's popped up. There's, um, you know, I've heard rumblings of maybe certain players would be interested in him, um, other people. Um, you know, he, he's, he's done pretty well at Oral Roberts, you know, got him to the NCAA tournament this year. Um, they, they did get blown out by Duke, by the way, I would not hold that against him in the interview process. Cause I think sometimes it, it matchups to it, it depends on matchups, whether or not you can get yourself far in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, my my one concern, and it's kind of kind of on the same thing with Ben McCollum, and then our other uh, non Power Five conference guy that um, I'm going to talk about in a minute is the lack of Power Five conference experience. You know, uh, Tech hired Matt Wells from a non Power Five conference experience situation, and it was a disaster. Um, quite frankly. Now, I, I think something, and this was something that was pointed out by Rob Bro. So, uh, Rob Bro, shout out to him. Listen to my show, Rob Bro. Maybe you could have me on the gambling couches. I, I'm kidding, guys. Um, anyway, but something that he brought up on his radio show is you don't necessarily want to assume that any coach that's a non power five coach is going to have the results 
that Matt Wells had at Tech. One of the th- one of the mistakes that I think Matt Wells made that Rob Bro pointed out was Matt Wells basically brought his entire Utah State um, coaching staff over um, when he took the Tech job, and he did not hire people that had experience in the Big 12, experience um, coaching at a Power 5 level. And so I think if you're going to bring Mills over, I would want some Power 5 assistants to be part of the coaching staff. And I think you've got – and I'm going to talk about this. Well, I'll talk about it now. Um, you know, I think you, you do have some people on the Texas Tech coaching staff that I'd want you to take a look at are former assistant coaches on the coaching staff, Barrett Peary, that you want to take a look at and bringing them back on staff, whoever the next coach is. Now, you're not going to get Al Pinkins. Al Pinkins is going to go to Ole Miss, which um, <laughs> we'll talk more about that situation in a minute as well because I have my thoughts. I'm, 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 I'm happy for Al Pinkins um, to get a job, um, you know, but – that that's somebody you you won't be able to pull from on staff to uh, be part of the staff, but uh, kind of the same thing with Grant McCaslin as well. I would say of the of the non Power Five potential candidates, those three are like the, the three that I, I'm hearing the most. I'm probably the more, the least impressed with McCaslin, um, and I, you know he's done well at North Texas, got him to the NCAA tournament. Didn't get him there this year, but got very close. You know, obviously being in a one-bid league, it's difficult. You know, he's someone that knows Texas, the state of Texas area. Um, One thing that I think is being held against him is, oh, he's he's a Baylor guy, and he would go to, you know, he would go to Baylor if Scott Drew leaves. I I, I don't necessarily hold that against him um, because I don't think that's, that might, might or might not happen. And here's the thing with, you know, worrying about, and I said this, I think, when we, you know, Tech was hiring a football coach, uh, worrying about a coach leaving for another job. If your coach is leaving for another job, most likely that means he has built a successful program at Texas Tech. And if that's the situation we're in, I'm good. Now, you know, obviously the Beard situation was different just because I think he didn't leave in the best best way he possibly could have, um, you know, but I, I don't worry about hiring a coach. Oh, we're going to lose that coach if he's, if he's good. You know, hire him, make Texas Tech a destination job, which I believe you can, and then if you, if they leave, they leave, you can go out and get yourself another, another coach. Um, so, but as far as the non-Power 5 conference guys, here's how I would rank them. I would probably rank um, – Ben McCollum first, Paul Mills second, and then McCaslin third. I, I certainly think McCaslin is probably going to be contacted. Uh, Mills, I certainly think, is going to be contacted as well. McCollum, I don't know if, if he's you know someone that they're going to talk to or not. That'll be interesting to see, and you know we'll just kind of have to stay tuned on that. Now, let's talk about uh, power six Power six. Let's talk about the Power Five conference coaches that I think certainly are going to be candidates for this job. Uh, by the way, since we had this two week hiatus, the Rick Patino, 
thing flamed out pretty quickly, which I don't think there was any smoke to that fire, by the way. Um, you know, I don't think Rick and I'm, I'm glad I, I really didn't want Rick Pitino to come here. Um, I think number one, there's moral issues with Rick Pitino, but also, I, you know, I, I think Texas tech needs to get away from let's hire hiring a retread coach to rehab his image type thing. You know, you did that with Bob Knight and I think he had varying success there. It would have been kind of the same situation with Rick Pitino, um, you know, you did the, you also did that with Tubby Smith, which I think, you know, that was successful in the, in the, in the circumstances of Tubby Smith had to, he, he took a dumpster fire, which was Texas tech basketball and built it and really was able to hand that baton off to beard where beard was able to run with it and, and, you know, get yourself to that next level. So I'm glad, bottom line, I'm glad. Glad that Rick Pitino's not coming here. Looks like he's going to go to St. John's, and I think that's probably the best fit for him. Now, coaches that in the Power Five conference names that I'm hearing. Um, so let's start with Jerome Tang. I will be very upfront and honest. He is my number one guy, and if you can get him to come, I would be very, very happy. You know, this is someone that in the span of less than a year has turned Kansas State into a team. And I know they're playing today. I think they may be playing right now. I'll have to look. Um, but this, this is a guy that's turned Kansas State into a top five Big 12 team. Got him in the tournament as a three seed. And they were fun to watch. And, and really just ultimately he changed the culture of Kansas State basketball. And I just, I've loved everything that he's done. You know, he was with Scott Drew for almost 20 years um, in, in helping to rebuild the Baylor basketball program after everything that happened with Dave Bliss and all that. And I, he's someone I'm really impressed with. And I think you can outpay Kansas State. I think you can promote that Texas Tech is a better basketball job than Kansas State. Um, Tang is from Texas, and so I think there could be appeal there. Now, he's only been at Kansas State a year, so there might be a little bit of trepidation on his part to leave K-State and come to Tech, but I think you at least make a phone call. I think you at least put together a very enticing offer for Jerome Tang. Now, will he accept or not? That's going to be the big question, so... Another Power 5 coach that I'm hearing right now, he had a big victory yesterday in going to the Sweet 16, is Eric Musselman. I have kind of mixed feelings on Musselman. I think, you know, I'm not a fan of some of his antics on the sidelines and stuff like that, and I, I think there's a little bit of an arrogance to Musselman. Having said that, He's backed it up. I mean, they've gotten to the Elite Eight two years in a row. They're in the Sweet 16. Beat Kansas yesterday. Um, I'm 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 half in, I'm 50-50 on Musselman. I want more information about him. He's not my first choice, but I I'm, I think they're probably having conversations with him. So I'll just say I'm 50-50 right now on Musselman right now. Um, other names that I've heard. There's a little bit of chatter, you know, Scott Drew. I That'd be kind of wild if you lure Scott Drew away from 
Baylor to come to Tech. I don't know. Uh, I'm twenty. I'm twenty five seventy five on that. On that one. Um, I don't think it's gonna happen. And I don't know. I, something about Scott Drew. I'm just yeah. I don't know about it. Let's talk Rodney Terry. That's another name that's that's been frequently mentioned lately. Um, he's the current interim head coach at Texas. Uh, got him to Sweet 16 first time since 2008. Um, you know, and so there's the, there is a discussion. Well, if Texas does not give him the job, would you want to talk to Rodney Terry? I think at this point, I think Texas is probably going to give him the job. He's done something that hasn't been done in 15 years. I think they're going to be very hard unless you're hiring, which it is Texas and they are very arrogant about themselves. Unless you're hiring like, you know, John Calipari, which I, would that really move the needle anyway? Um, he has not done, done very well lately either. But yeah, I mean, unless you're hiring like a John Calipari or a Bill Self or you know, which maybe Texas is arrogant enough, arrogant enough to believe they get Bill Self. Which, by the way, I do want to say best wishes to Bill Self. He's had some medical issues, and you know, I hope everything is okay with him. I I love to give him a hard time, and I love to give Kansas a hard time. But I got a lot of respect for Bill Self. He's he's a heck of a coach, and you know, not everybody can deal with the pressure cooker that is Kansas. But I I just. Looking back to the Texas and Rodney Terry situation, I can't see a scenario where you could really justify getting rid of Rodney Terry and, and bringing somebody else in. So I think I think Rodney Terry is going to end up at Texas, staying there. Now let's let's get to the if if he does not get the Texas job. What next? Would you want to interview him? Here, here is my here is my trepidation with Rodney Terry. Um, I, I am I'm very well versed and familiar with Rodney Terry. He coached at UTEP for I think it was three or four years. Might have been four. I, I can't remember. But you know he left when Beard left and went to Texas. Um, you know he was hired from Fresno State. Got Fresno State to the tournament and then never really darkened the do- tournament door again. Then, you know, came to UTEP, which that was a pretty shocking hire at the time because, you know, the Fresno State's in, the, in a better conference, but there was um, issues with their facilities. The belief was UTEP has better facilities than Fresno State, um, which is true. UTEP has a really nice practice facility. Um, not as good as the Womble. Well, nobody has that because of the Womble. But anyway, um, and so he was hired on at UTEP, and they never really, he never could get it going. Um, you know, UTEP con- consistently was finishing. I think they never even got to the top half of Conference USA. You didn't go to any sort of postseason under Rodney Terry. And it just, yeah, just wasn't a, wasn't a, you know, it didn't really work out well. And it was, you know, when he, when he chose to leave to go back to Texas as an assistant, I will tell you a lot of UTEP fans viewed that as a blessing in disguise um, that they weren't going to have to make a decision on firing him in a couple of years because it just wasn't working out. And so here, here's my question about Rodney Terry. Is the success this year a product of he was handed a really good team, which he was. Um, Texas is, I, I hate to say it, 
Texas is a very talented team. You know, Beard did a good job of recruiting a very talented team, and Rodney Terry has been able to, you know, in the midst of a really bad situation, um, go on a run. Can he replicate that success when he's given the keys to, and he's not going to be given the keys to a situation where you got a lot, you might not have a lot of talent here because, you know, I, I he, here's a tip kind of talking about transfer portal. Until they show up in August, assume they're not coming back. And I know Jalen Tyson has said he's coming back. I want him to come back. Uh, Pop Isaacs seemingly is indicating he's coming back, and I definitely want him to come back as well. But, I mean, don't assume, even though right now they're they're here, don't assume that they won't enter the transfer portal. And I don't hold that against them either. You know, players have to do what's best for them, just that, like, coaches have to do what's best for them. But I'm, I'm saying all that to say, you know, Rodney Terry would be walking into a situation at Texas Tech where he's going to have to assemble a team and and recruit a team to he's got he's going to be the guy and he walked into a pretty good situation at Texas and has done well. I got questions with Rodney Terry. I really do. Um, would he be would he be someone I uh, would do well here at Texas Tech? I don't know. Um, I would put my rankings right now as Jerome Tang number one as far as Power Five coaches. Probably Musselman, a a distant second. And then um, Rodney Terry. Well, if you could get get Scott Drew, I'd probably put him at third. I don't think you can get him. And then probably Rodney Terry at number four. So it's just going to be interesting to watch. You know, remember, going back to the Texas Tech football search, when Matt Wells was fired, everything was pointing to it was either going to be Sonny Dykes, or a Jeff Trailer from UTSA, neither of them took the job, and then we we end up with Joey McGuire. The McGuire um, momentum comes comes through. So you just you just don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch, and I don't think we're going to have a coach this time next week either. And that's not a bad thing. Um, that might mean your coach is still coaching in the NCAA tournament. So, um, but you know, this is a good job. Texas Tech is a really good coaching job. I think you can have – it's been proven. You can have success here if you have the right guy. And and I think you've got a really good search committee to make that decision. And let's go from there and let's boom, you know. So um, so let's talk tech baseball. Let's just kind of shift gears. So tech baseball is in the midst of a three-game Big 12 opening series against Oklahoma State. They won on Friday in thrilling fashion. It was a great, great comeback win. They came back yesterday, struggled. I think they lost like nine to four, nine to five. Just yeah, it was kind of a, it was a it was a rough day for Texas Tech. Part of it is Oklahoma State is a really good baseball team. There is a reason that they were picked to finish first in the Big Twelve. They are a very talented team, and and they were able to exploit Texas Tech in multiple ways yesterday. Um, you got the rubber match today. I think it'd be huge, obviously, for – and I know it's early. It's only the first series, but I think 
for Big 12 title hopes to win today, I think for your R- your RPI is still going to do well because you did get a game against Oklahoma State. But I think to get yourself a bigger bounce in the RPI if you're able to get a win today. And, you know, if you're Texas Tech, you, it's not too early to start thinking about you want to get you want to position yourself to be a regional super regional top top eight seed uh, host because then you get to host the regional and super regional and you know you get you, you win a series against Oklahoma State that'll do it um, you know we've talked about this already multiple times on this podcast Texas Tech gets tested very early in Big 12 conference play you get you get uh, Oklahoma State this weekend you're gonna get UT next weekend bad news about that it's on the Longhorn Network which ugh, and I'm, that's like the one sports channel I don't have, so I'm going to have to keep up with it on the radio. Then you've got TCU coming into town. Another, they I think they were picked to finish second. And then you've got Oklahoma, which, you know, obviously they got themselves a national championship game next uh, previous year. So you're, you're, you're going to be tested early in the Big 12. This is a very front-loaded Big 12 conference schedule. But you also get yourself in a good position to win some quality games that are going to help with your RPI. And if you have a high RPI, you can get yourself in a position to be a top eight seed. This is a talented team. Um, There are issues. One of them, and it's going to be interesting to see today if this continues to bubble, is Sunday starter. We had this same situation last year. With you struggled to find a good quality Sunday starter. Now it kind of started to solve itself near the end of May, going into June, and I mean you were in a good position. Um, you know you just were unfortunately, you know you 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 had, you dug yourself so deep a hole you had to go on the road um, as a three seed in the tournament, and that's it's kind of a bit a bit too tall of a road. But um, you you've got you've got talent on the bats again that's just typical tech um pitching wise i think molina yeah he lost yesterday but molina has has given you some really good solid outings um i brandon gurton has given you some solid outings you know you're missing bo blessy right now for sure and because he he would have been someone you could you could have slid in i think blessy would have been your saturday starter Molina be your Friday starter, and then you could have slid in Gurton as your as your Sunday starter. And you, I mean, you would have been cooking with gas there. But you know, the injuries happen. It stinks because you know Bo Blessy was really impressive in his outing his, that this early in the season. I mean, he was really really impressive. And I, you know, I just I don't know if you're going to be able to see Bo Blessy back on the mound this year, which. That's um, it's bad for him. It's bad for the for the baseball team. But you know you're in you're going to be in a good position, and I think certainly you know you're you're a good team. You just you've got you've got to figure out the pitching situation. What's going to help this week going into the UT matchup? You don't have a midweek, and so you're going to have lots of arms available to you next weekend that you know you you may not have this weekend. So be interesting to watch, but. I think bottom line, this is a good Texas Tech baseball team, and I think they're going to be in a really good position come May to go deep, well, May into June, to go deep into the NCAA tournament. And who knows? Could we be going back to Omaha? I hope so. It'd be awesome. So 
Let's finish up with NCAA tournament talk. Uh, spoiler alert, my bracket's busted. It was busted the first day. I, I stupidly had Virginia going to the Final Four. And in hindsight, I'm saying stupidly because if you look at Virginia's NCAA tournament history recently, other than the 2019 year, which talk about the worst time for Virginia to have a good run against Texas Tech, <coughs> Virginia is littered with, I mean, they're the first one seed to lose to a 16th seed. Um, they bow out early, and, and they did that again this week against Furman. And, you know, it's Virginia plays good defense, but they just don't have any scoring. Sound familiar, anybody? <laughs> um, so, and then obviously, yeah, I, I had Arizona in the Elite Eight. That was dumb on my part as well. Um, I lost Kansas. I had them in the Final Four. You know, Kansas, again, they're feast or famine. They do this all the time. You know, I think part of it was they didn't have Bill Self and all that was going on. That hurt them. I think Arkansas was probably a bit underseeded as well as an eight seed. I think they're better than an eight seed. So that'll be interesting to bear watching. I still have Houston and Kansas State in. Houston looked shaky um, in their first round game, but then they were able to get themselves into the Sweet 16 yesterday. I think they're still in a good position to get themselves in the Final Four. Kansas State, we'll see. You know, they've got a Kentucky. I think they can beat Kentucky today, get themselves in the Sweet 16. Um, everyone's real big on the Marquette team, and that's who they think is going to knock off K-State. It'll, it'll be a good game, but, I, I, you know, my Big 12 bias maybe, which also got me into trouble on my bracket. It might be showing because uh, I had West Virginia. I had Iowa State. I had uh those were the two that got knocked out that I had, you know, going. I had Iowa State knocking out Texas in the Sweet 16. So shame on me, I guess. But that's part of the fun of the NCAA tournament is, you know, teams like Princeton going on a run. You know, Fairleigh Dickinson, who would have heard of them before? Um, yeah, that's the fun of of March Madness. You know, Princeton's in the Sweet 16 now. Fairleigh Dickinson's going to be facing Florida Atlantic with a chance to go to the Sweet 16. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's wild and woolly. Um, I will let's. I will do, well, I don't, I'm not going to do it right now. I might do that this week, maybe. I'm not going to guarantee it because, you know, school weeks are rough. But I might, I might come, do like a little quick little midweek madness podcast talking about, um, you know, who I think from the Sweet 16 Elite Eight might – get themselves into a final four once all of the field is set. I might do that Tuesday, maybe. Watch your feeds. So we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, it'll be time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And my tip of the week is going to deal with pillows. <laughs> I like heavy pillows. So if you're having a struggle with uh, getting good sleep, maybe it's your pillows. I'm not the, I'm not the my pillow guy. I'll have you know, in fact, I'm really not a fan of their they're a little bit too fluffy. Uh, well, he's never going to advertise on my podcast. Anyway, um, but you know, if you're struggling with sleeping, it might be your pillow. And I would suggest like maybe a heavier pillow might help you sleep better. 
and I've, I have I have heavy pillows, and they have really helped me to sleep well. I love them; they're comfy, comfy, and that might be something to help you sleep better. So, I hope everybody has a great week. Like I said, follow and uh, subscribe to my podcast. I may try to do a kind of a midweek madness. Let's repredict NCAA tournament um, episode potentially. Um, also review this podcast. I'd love to get, um, a few review, even if it's a bad review, give me feedback. Um, but I'd love for you to review. You can review if you're on Spotify, you can also review if you're on Apple podcasts, um, Amazon music. I think you can review, do a poster review as well, but I'd love to get a review, um, of the podcast. That's also a way to help spread the word about this podcast. And I will see y'all next week for The Chris Carpenter Show.